Ginger and I uh, received uh, <clears throat> information from the district office uh, this last week, and uh, David Coffey wants to come and pay us a visit. And uh, two things are happening. He wants to confer ordination on Russ and Jamie Collins, who have been approved for ordination. <clears throat> and uh, he wants uh, to remind everyone of how old Ginger and I are because we're supposed to receive our 25th uh, ministry anniversary <coughs> award and 40 years of total ministry for the years before uh, we were in Foursquare. And so, uh, well, I was thinking about 40 years, and uh, I thought 40 years in the wilderness, no, in the ministry. And uh, was thinking about, you know, well, Lord, here we are, you know, and uh, Lord, uh, <clears throat> the Lord wasn't speaking to me about retirement. He was speaking to me about Joshua. Do you know how old Joshua was when he led Israel into the promised land after all that preparation under Moses and in the wilderness? Just about my age. Just about my age when he really got started with his ministry. And so God was speaking to my heart this week that he wants me to be more like Joshua than Methuselah. No, no. <laughs> How many of you know who Methuselah was? <clears throat> what, 960-some years he lived? That's all we know about him is how old he got. We need to realize that God can do great things. And listen, this is the way it works. Uh, God's not finished until God's finished. And we can put timelines and put uh, uh, limitations on what might happen, but praise God, we need to be available. And uh, people are asking me, uh, when I get, you know, now that I'm this age about my retirement plans and that kind of stuff, I say, I don't know what you're talking about. I have so much that I need to do and have so much vision to carry out. I can't even begin to think about that. And they said, well, but you need to adjust your schedule. I will. I'll adjust my schedule some and realize that uh, this body isn't capable of, you know, what it was <coughs> capable of years ago. But at the same time, you know, God has a way of giving us strength and enabling us to fulfill his purpose. And how many of you are with me for the next 40 years until Jesus comes? And um, now uh, Joshua... Uh, lived to be 120. And uh, so I, 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 I'm not sure that's going to happen. But uh, you think about the potential that we have. Uh, how many of you know that God can do more in one day than we can do in a whole lifetime? And we need to live every day as the day of the Lord. In that day can be the greatest breakthrough which is greater than anything we've experienced in all of our lives up to that point. And I want to be ready for that day of breakthrough. How about you? I want to be in step with God in this season in my life. Here I am talking like an old guy, right? But, uh, you know, uh, Harold Helms says, uh, I realized I was getting old when I started every sentence with, I remember. <laughs> Well, we do remember the, the more years we have. And the memories are good. They give us wisdom. But uh, we need to look forward 
we need to know that this is the day of the Lord. Well, let's talk about God's glorious, wonderful uh, promise. Malachi chapter 3. God has a wonderful plan for us in terms of how we steward our finances in such a way that really honor and bless Him. And as I mentioned, I'm one of those preachers that has a hard time talking about money and uh, encouraging giving because it always sounds like we're really trying to make a, a better collection. And listen, the church is not in financial difficulty. In fact, we are so grateful for God's provision for this church. And there are many churches that are really struggling financially. But I'm grateful for the leadership of this church that has practiced good stewardship and the faithfulness of God's people that continue to give tithes and offerings. That we have resources. This, this storehouse is, has, contains the resources that are needed for the ministry that we're called to. But when I, uh, when I see things in the media and realize that people are concerned about how the church does not always steward its finances well. You may have heard about that well-known preacher that got in trouble for his $70 million jet. Did you hear about that? CNN covered it. And uh, he denounced CNN as uh, being used by Satan to discredit, discredit his ministry because he was being criticized for a $70 million jet. Well, I don't know if he needs a $70 million jet. You know, that's God's business. That's in God's hands. <clears throat> I know this, that God wants each of us to live faithfully with integrity regarding our stewardship of our finances. We need to do that individually in our families. We need to do that as a church. One of the reasons our leaders are getting together Tuesday night is we're looking over the finances. We want every ministry of the church to plan well in terms of the, the spending and the resources that are going to be utilized. And we don't want any ministry to go into the red. And if we see a challenge that we don't have resources, we need to pray for those resources, see about God's provision. Because how many of you know God doesn't want our church to go into debt? God doesn't want us as leaders to mismanage our funds. There's a responsibility. It's about stewardship. And uh, God, uh, God provides, but He wants us to use those resources in such a way that His kingdom principles are <clears throat> truly represented. Would you look at Malachi chapter 3 and notice verse 6. This is a familiar passage. And often misunderstood by Christians. And we want to take some time to look into it today and uh, additional time uh, as needed to just really work through this teaching regarding God's plan for our finances. Let me say that the approach we need to take is not to use Scripture to raise funds as we minister in the pulpit, but to teach God's people how to be responsible disciples of Jesus Christ and to exercise their faith in the area of finances as they do in every other area of life. How many of you get weary of, of appeals from, from preachers for money? 
How, much, how many of you would rather just be instructed in God's word on how to be obedient and to walk it out faithfully? That's really what God wants us to do. Now, here's the scripture. Malachi 3, 6. I, the Lord, do not change. Hey, that's pretty important, huh? So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. It's important for you to get that context as the prophet Malachi is speaking to God's people about being renewed in relationship with God. Malachi wasn't doing fundraising here. (laughs) He was talking to them about their relationship with God and being renewed in their faith. In a certain area of their lives where they had become slothful and disobedient. And he said, you need, this is a point of obedience that God wants you to recognize and begin to be renewed spiritually as you obey him in this area. But you ask, how are we to return? Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much a blessing that you will not have room enough to contain it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields and will not cast <clears throat> and will not cast their fruit says the Lord almighty then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land says the almighty god is speaking to them about faithfulness in this important area of their life their stewardship and how they had been negligent they had been slothful They had disobeyed God in their faithfulness regarding the stewardship of their resources. And so he says, you need to begin to be obedient to God. And you need to see this as a key in your spiritual renewal. And so right away we realize that God speaks to us about finances, not so that we'll just simply give a a big gift in response to that urging, but so that we'll bring our lives into a faithful pattern of obedience where we can be good stewards and faithful and honor the Lord. How many of you know that giving of tithes and offerings is really about worship? It's about honoring God with the substance of His blessing. It's about our priorities in terms of putting Him first. Where we give to God because He's worthy. We give to God even before we give to ourselves because we honor Him knowing that this is His plan and this is His purpose. You know, we need a balanced view of our giving and our tithes and our offerings. And some Christians 
can get sidetracked. You know, uh, we uh, uh, had a man in our church years ago. I won't even tell you the city where it was, but he got an idea that uh, because he was in trouble with his finances, he was going to use tithing as his new investment plan. True story. And so he started tithing personally, and then he started tithing from his business into our church. And I saw these big checks coming in. I started to visit with him, and I began to counsel with him. And over the months and years that developed, I realized that he had been in real trouble financially. And he was trying to, really trying to give his way out of his trouble. Well, the sad story is he ended up in a federal prison. A federal prison because he was not living the integrity of his faith and the way he managed his finances and his business. And he found out the hard way that this isn't some kind of a magic formula for getting out of debt or getting rich. This is about worship and about faithfulness. And so this kind of magical thinking, and we see this sometimes, Christians get off into this idea, well, if I can just give enough, then God is going to make me fabulously wealthy. Have you heard that kind of thinking? So what do we do? We give to get. No, we give because He's worthy and He wants us to be faithful. And the promise is this, if I give, yes, He will bless. He will provide wonderfully. But my primary motive for giving is not what I'm going to receive in the short term. It's because I love God. I want to worship Him through my giving. I want to advance His kingdom. And I want this part of my life to reflect my love and devotion to Him. Are you grateful that... I mean, God makes it so clear just to live faithfully. And then there are some Christians that get off legalistically about this whole thing about tithing and it becomes like this law, like, okay, I'm going to accept Christ and give my tithe and I'll make it to heaven. Guess what? Jesus Christ is sufficient for our salvation. And tithing isn't part of the gospel question. (laughs) Receiving Christ. But as we receive Christ... God changes our hearts and our priorities and we find out that we really want to give. Like a Christian I heard who said, you know, I used to think that I had to give, I had to give my tithe because of what it said in the Old Testament. But he said, I realize that I'm no longer, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. And I don't have to give. I get to give. It's my privilege. It's my opportunity to worship God through giving my tithes and offerings and see His blessing, see His provision in such a wonderful way. Now, can we look at this Scripture and just see three things that we need to learn about tithing? And I'm running out of time here, but I'll continue uh, as I need to in the weeks ahead. First of all, we need to see God's purpose in this whole plan for tithes and offerings. And what's the purpose? The purpose is about our relationship with God as the context here. 
spiritual renewal through obedience in an important area of our life. So it's not about how much you give, it's about your relationship with God. To be faithful, to be responsible, to worship God in this area of your life. As the call in Malachi, the greater call then to give is return to me. It's the call to return. How many of you notice that when you start to slip or drift in your faith, in your relationship with God, it's easier not to give? It's easy to neglect obedience in that area of your life. And when I see that I'm not giving what God really is leading me to, I need to stop and say, okay, Lord, renew my heart and give me a grateful attitude and help me to restore in my giving as an important expression of my obedience to you. <clears throat> we see the purpose is not only for the blessing and the relationship of the person who's giving, but Malachi says, so that the storehouse may be full. We realize that the storehouse was the place of spiritual provision. And the Levitical system, which was uh, set up through we see it throughout the Old Testament where the Levites lived off the provision of the other Israelites who gave a tenth of all that they had for the provision of those who would spiritually serve in the temple and the needs of the temple would be cared for. <clears throat> you know what? If we all stopped tithing, the church wouldn't exist. The church depends upon the faithful giving of God's people. How many of you know that faithfulness of the family of God is a much better way to pay the bills of the church than through crisis fundraising? You understand what I'm saying? Listen, that crisis appeal for finance, the urgency, where, you know, every week it's, there's a greater crisis and some churches get into that pattern of asking people for money as if it's a crisis. No, faithful lifestyle, stewardship is the foundation. And that's what we teach in this church. You'll never hear a crisis appeal for money in this church. You're going to hear teaching about how to be faithful. And if we're all faithful, God will provide <clears throat> for the storehouse, for the church. And what a blessing it is. We see that the third purpose, the, the, these, these three parts to this purpose, to restore the relationship, to provide for the storehouse, and then we also see that the purpose of receiving God's blessing is clearly in Scripture. What's the promise here? The promise here is blessing and protection. And how many of you know that though we don't give to get, that when we give, God blesses us materially and protects what we have, and we live with His blessing in such a way that our lifestyle becomes a testimony of His faithfulness. That's really what it's all about. You know, uh, as uh, I recently I got my report from Social Security about my lifetime earnings. And I looked back over my life and how little money we lived on back in the day. And I was talking to my son about it and he just laughed. 
He said, that's ridiculous. That you ha I said, Did you, you were with us at that time. Did you feel neglected? Oh, no. Did you feel like God provided for us? Oh, yes. And we look at our history and, you know, financially, you look at it and it looks like we didn't have much in certain seasons, especially. But God always provided. I don't know about you, but we've always had a roof over our heads. How about you? We always had plenty to eat. We always had clothes to wear and transportation. We always, I mean, quality of life is what it's about. How many of you know that quality of life isn't about how much you're spending? Quality of life is about the way that you live with the provision that God gives. And oh my goodness, I look back without any regrets or any feeling of I wish we had had more. I think, oh God, you have been so wonderful. We have been so blessed. And your provision has been absolutely more than enough. Can I, can I tell you, I mean specifics? Listen, we went, we went back after our third child graduated from college, okay? How many of you know that education is expensive? And listen, we asked God, and when our kids were in grade school, Christian schools are expensive. How many of you know they're expensive? How many of you know that, that private college is expensive? Well, listen, every year we ask God for provision and we made it a priority to provide education for our kids and look for creative ways of providing. I want to give you the figure, okay? We went back and looked over what it took to educate three kids through school, mostly Christian school, and through private college, over $400,000. All three of our kids graduated from college without debt because of the provision of God. Now you say, I must have been a millionaire to be able to... No, no, God's a millionaire. And He provided more than enough. Over $400,000. Is that a miracle? Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> if you knew how much I was making through most of those years, you know how much of a miracle it was. And so I encourage you young parents... Trust God. Be obedient. God's faithful. And I'm glad that God provided that money for that need rather than some of the luxuries that we passed up along the way. Well, I'm going to have to quit here. Come back to this and finish it. Can we just summarize and say, listen, <laughs> let's just... Let's just see this area of our lives as an opportunity to walk with God. To be faithful to God. To trust Him as we're obedient. I remember Sister Da used to say, people would ask her the question, now do I tithe on my net income or my gross income? You know what she used to say? She said, do you want God's blessing on your net income or your gross income? I want all of God's blessing. How about you? And it's a matter of blessing. Obedience and blessing. Worship, stewardship, faithfulness, and the testimony that comes from a life which really has honored God in this very important area 
of stewardship. So let me summarize all this with a call. Listen, can we just grow in this area as a church, continue to grow as a congregation and the way we handle our finances individually, every family, every household? Can we pray for each other and help each other? And by the way, I have been amazed at the benevolence ministry of this church. Do you know that hundreds of dollars are flowing through this church every month to people who are in need, needy families, our friends at Montezuma uh, Elementary School. I mean, regularly we're there helping families that we hear about. And uh, almost every need that we hear about, we're able to respond to in some way because of the, the faithfulness and the generosity of the people in this church. We need to have enough resources, not only for ourselves, but for people in need. Don't you think? God honors that. God blesses that. Well, there's much more to say. But let's, let's just say yes to God and continue to grow. And most of you are very, very faithful in this area of your life. But we all can, can uh, grow and become even stronger. I think about R.G. Letourneau. Wayne Adert used to always talk about R.G. Letourneau as one of the men who really inspired him was when he was a young man. Do you know why? R.G. Letourneau became uh, a, a, one of the biggest industrialists in the world, uh, making earth-moving equipment and tractors that helped make highways and roads all over the world. And if you ask him how he did it, he said, well, when I was a young man, God and I made a deal that I'd live on 10% and I'd give him 90%. And look what's happened. Now that's an interesting deal, huh? I live on, I'll give God the 90%. And he said, why did I do that? Because God's worthy. God's worthy. And so it is. God can do wonderful, incredible Remarkable things. Father, help us today to see this as an opportunity for blessing, not something that we struggle with or something we feel guilty about, but something that we are encouraged to, Lord, to grow in, in our faith. And so, Lord, we ask for your help. We ask for your guidance. We ask you to help us as a church to become more and more faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, should we take the offering again? No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to do that. And, and you know why. Because this is about growing in our faith and stewardship and obedience. It's not about raising money. It's about responding to God in the way He wants us to with a willing heart. Please stand with me. We're going to have a closing song, and I'm running a little over. Forgive me, I got carried away. But let's uh, have this closing song, and we're going to have an invitation and a closing prayer. And those of you who need ministry this morning, don't hesitate to come forward. If you've got a financial need, don't hesitate to ask God and ask, ask your brothers and sisters for prayer this morning. We'd be glad to pray for you. Let's sing that chorus. Great is thy faithfulness, shall we? Is thy faithfulness great? Is thy faithfulness morning by morning? Mercies I see. All I have needed, I have 
Lord, we humble ourselves before you this morning. And Lord, words are not adequate to express our gratitude, O God, for your faithfulness and your blessing. Lord, as we stand before you and as we consider uh, your word this morning, we just uh, ask you to be honest with you about our need and about where we are in terms of our, our growth, our spiritual growth in this area. Just as we stand before the Lord this morning, uh, uh, do you need a job this morning? Are there some financial problems or situations in your life that we need to pray for? <clears throat> is there something in your life where you know that God is speaking to you? Lord, you know what our needs are. You know what the issues are. And we ask you to help us to grow and be faithful in this area. Help us, O oh God. Help us, O oh God. Lord, we ask you to, as we leave this morning, O oh God, to leave with a sense of of gratitude and a sense of, of purpose and determination, Lord, to be a good witness for you in this world. Help us, O oh God, to see opportunities to help others and to bless them. And help us, O oh God, as we seek to honor and glorify you, Lord, to be ready to give an answer for that hope which is in our hearts, O oh God, to give a testimony of how you have made a difference in each of our lives. We thank you for this time together. And we ask you to dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. If, you, if there's a need in your life and you'd like to come forward for prayer, please do so. The altar is open. If you'd like to pray, God wants to know that you are blessed. Amen.